Would you turn back to John chapter 3? Tonight I'm going to be speaking on this subject from Hebrews chapter 3, confidence and rejoicing. I've entitled the message for this morning, You Must Be Born From Above. The adverb again, when the Lord says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven is usually translated from above, from heaven, from God. You must be born again, and if you're born again, it must be from above. It must be the work of God. Look in John chapter 1. To be born of God is to be fathered by God. It's to be birthed by God. This is an utterly supernatural thing. Look what John says in verse 12 of John chapter 1. But as many as received him to them, Gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Which were born. Which were birthed. Which were born. Not of blood. You will not be born again or born from above because your mom and dad are. This does not run in fleshly bloodlines. Nor of the will of the flesh. If you're born again, it's not because you of your free will decided to become born again. That's foolishness. Nor of the will of man. You're not born again because a bunch of men got together and started praying for you. And they're going to keep praying until you're finally born again. But of God. Born. Birthed. Of God. Now, the content of this very important and unique chapter, John chapter 3, is not found in Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Born from above. Born again. Born of God. Now, some of you may be old enough to remember back in the mid-70s when Jimmy Carter was running for president, 
he said, I am a born again Christian. As if there's any other kind. I'm a born again Christian. Back during those days, Billy Graham wrote a book entitled, How to Be Born Again. What if I said to you, I've written a book on how to be conceived? You'd say, that's insane. That's crazy. You'd be right, wouldn't you? There's no difference between that and writing a book on how to be born again. The Bible says you must be born again. You must be born from above. No question about that. But how to be born again? How to be conceived? That's foolishness. That's illogical. That's irrational. That's just plumb dumb. The necessity of the new birth. The Lord says to Nicodemus in chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again or born from above, he cannot. It doesn't say he may not. It says he cannot. He cannot see or perceive or understand the things of the kingdom of God. Unless I'm born from above, unless I'm birthed by God, unless I'm saved, I cannot see the kingdom of God. Look what he says in verse 5. Verily, verily I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, in this thing of the new birth, whatever it is, Whatever it is, I can't see, I can't perceive, I can't understand the gospel. I can't do it. I can't enter the kingdom of God. I can't come in except I be born from above. Now, why? What is this all about? Why do I need to be born from above? Why do I need to be birthed by God? Why do I need to be born again? Turn to Genesis chapter 2. The question is answered here. This is before the fall of man. This is before Satan tempted our first parents in the garden. Verse 15. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. I'd like you to look at this for yourself. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. No restrictions. What a place that must have been. You've got it all. But 
of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. First thing that I would notice is he, he did say, if you eat, you shall surely die. Don't miss that. He did not say, if you eat, you'll surely die. He said, in the day you do, you shall surely die. Now, this comforts me to no end. God could have prevented Adam from eating that fruit, couldn't he? Of course he could. Did he? No. Why didn't he? It's part of his eternal purpose. You see, everything that takes place is for the glory of Jesus Christ and the, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. God purposed everything, and he purposed. And I, I, I can't, somebody says he allowed it. No, he purposed it. He purposed it. He purposed this to take place. Now, whatever God does is glorious. Amen? He's God. Altogether glorious. And he purposed this to take place for his glory according to his will. Man, if you don't have that, you're left with some really bad stuff. This is good stuff. This is glorious. This is who God is. He is in absolute control of everything, working all things after the counsel of his own will. But what did he say to Adam? He said, in the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. That very day. Now, I was listening to a man preach from this passage of Scripture, and he said God demonstrated his long-suffering and his mercy in the fact that he didn't kill Adam that very day. He said he would, but he didn't. If that is the case, either God was mistaken when he said, on that very day, you shall surely die, or he lied when he said, on that day, you shall surely die. That day, he did die. He didn't die physically, but he died spiritually. He did not die physically. He died spiritually. And that is what Paul is talking about when he says, and you have he quickened, have he given life to who were dead in trespasses and sins. You and I were born into this world dead in trespasses and sins. Listen, you didn't become a sinner when you sinned. You sinned because of what you already were, dead in sins, a sinner. That's why I must be birthed by God. I want to remind you, I've always uh, 
liked this statement. If you're wrong on the fall, you're wrong on it all. If I'm wrong with regard to what took place with Adam in the garden, I'm wrong on everything else. Adam spiritually died. What can a dead man do? He can't see. He can't feel. He can't taste. He can't hear. He's dead. A spiritually dead man cannot, lacks the ability to hear the gospel. Oh, he can hear it audibly, but he can't hear it with hearing ears. He can't see the glory of Christ. He may hear of it, but he can't see it. He can see nothing spiritually because he's dead. Hence the need of being born again. Born from above. Spiritual death looks like this. The Lord said this. John 6, 44. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. If God leaves you alone, if God leaves me alone, we will not come to Christ because we cannot. We're dead in sins. The carnal mind is enmity. That's a strong statement, isn't it? The carnal mind, the mind I'm born with, the way I was born into this world, the carnal mind is enmity, hatred against God, with God. It's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, in the fall, Adam was not injured. He did not become sick. He died. Hence the need to be born from above, born of God. Chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This was a very religious man. This was a very moral man. This was a man who claimed to have respect for the scriptures. He was one of those of whom our Lord would have described, you search the scriptures, in them you think you have eternal life. He had the same Bible that you and I have. They did, the New Testament had not yet been written, but he had Genesis through Malachi, and he believed that it was the word of God. Very religious man, but he didn't understand the gospel. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. Now, why did he come by night? Well, it could be that he did not want his contemporaries see him coming to this man whom they hated. I don't want to be identified with him. So he came at night when nobody'd see. Nobody'd know about it. But I think more than anything else, he came to the Lord Jesus Christ in utter darkness. Dead 
in trespasses and sins. He could not see. He could not enter. And here's what he said, coming in the night. He said unto him, Rabbi, he spoke to the Lord with some measure of respect, teacher, we know that thou art the teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Now he saw the Lord perform miracles. Utterly supernatural miracles that only God could do. Now you think of the miracles that he performed. He raised the dead. I don't know if he witnessed this. Maybe he witnessed him turning that uh, water into wine. Uh, he created matter. He brought food into existence that was not there before. Creation of new matter. Um, controlling the weather. No man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. But everything Nicodemus believed was based upon what he saw. Do you know nobody ever believed in Christ because of what they saw? You can see all the miracles in the world. And it will make you believe. This is the way this man came by what he saw. And I think of the confidence he speaks of when he says, we know, we know you're a teacher come from God. I mean, obviously, look at the, look at the evidence, look at the facts, look at what we see. We know, verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, He doesn't thank him for his affirmation, does he? He's saying this. Nicodemus, you know nothing. Except you be born again. You cannot see. You cannot perceive. You cannot understand the kingdom of God of God. It takes spiritual life to see the kingdom of God. Can a dead man see? No. Can he hear? No. Can he taste? No. Can he touch? Feel? No. Can he smell? No. He's dead. His heart's not beating. His lungs are not heaving. He's dead. He's graveyard dead. He cannot do these things. Can a spiritually dead man see the glory of Christ? No. Can he hear the gospel? No, not as gospel. Not as good news. Can he smell the sweet savor of Christ? No. He is dead. Now, I believe the Highest order of primates or the most intelligent order of the primates is the chimpanzee, I think. Is there any way that a chimpanzee could ever teach a calculus class? No. He lacks the ability. Can he understand calculus? You put him in the, with the most simple teacher, the best teacher, and teach that chimpanzee calculus... What kind of progress will there be? None. 
except a man be birthed from above, born again, he cannot. He lacks the ability. If you don't have a new nature, if God does not give me a new nature, I'll never see, I'll never understand the kingdom of God because I'm dead in sins. That's what he says. Nicodemus, you don't know anything. Well, what a blessing it is when a man finds out that all of his religious knowledge is worthless. Knows nothing. But I thought that it was wrong. Verse 3, or verse 4. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Nicodemus was an old man at this time. And all he understood was physical birth. He didn't know what the Lord was talking about. He says, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter in the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Um, somebody says, was he being a smart aleck at that time? Maybe, I don't know, but it, it didn't make any sense to him. What do you mean by being born again? How can that happen? And the Lord answers again. Verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You're going to have to be birthed, Nicodemus. You're going to have to be birthed of water. You're going to have to be birthed of the Spirit. And if you're not, you cannot, you lack the ability to enter the kingdom of God. Now what's that mean? My marginal reading in uh, this Bible I have says, when with reference to Mark 16, 16, born of water, like you're born again when you're baptized. Uh-uh. No. The Lord did say, whoso believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He said that. That doesn't mean you have to be baptized to be saved. Doesn't mean that at all. Uh, he's not saying you're born again by going under the water. I've seen where people have these baptismal, um, I guess, formulas when they baptize people. Church of Christ, uh, uh, you go under, you're born again, you come back up. That's foolishness. There's no truth to that. Um, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. And gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water. How? By the word. Now the water signifies the word of God. There is no new birth without the word of God. Not the word of man, but the word of God. Now let me 
uh, verify this with some other scriptures. James chapter 1, verse 18, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. There's no new birth without hearing and believing the word of God. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1, being born again, not of corruptible seed, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. There is no new birth without hearing, receiving, and believing the word of God, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, the gospel. It's the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the word of God. God the Son came and lived a perfect life. He died on Calvary's tree after living that perfect life. Why? The sins of God's elect. He took them to himself and they became his. He became guilty of those sins. He died under the wrath of God. He satisfied the wrath of God when he was raised from the dead. That means every sin was paid for, put away, gone. And now every believer stands before God without guilt. That's the gospel. Because of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ the Lord. Now, you believe when you rely on him only. That's what it is. That's what faith is. Faith is in him. Faith, it's not faith in yourself. Well, I this, I that. That ain't faith. Faith is looking to Christ alone as everything in your salvation. All God requires, I ask. Now, you got to hear that. you got to believe that. You know the only way you'll do it? Is by the Spirit of God. That's what he's talking about when he says, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, birthed by God. This is a supernatural thing. It's not something you, you don't just up inside, well, I think I'm going to get born again. You know, when people say, I, I got saved. Well, I, I got a cold, you know, I, I got sick, you know. I mean, I mean, that's not the way to speak of God's salvation. Birthed through the word by the spirit of God. And without that, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, you know what I'm doing right now? Lord, birth me by your spirit. Birth me by your word. Cause me to enter the kingdom of heaven through the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 6. The Lord gives a comment on what he just said. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. It'll never rise above that. It will never rise above that. You know, when I, when Lynn and I had, well, Lynn had her, uh, when Aubrey was born, you know the way she was born? A sinner. Flesh. You know why? She came from me and Lynn. She's born a sinner. She's born bad. 
Sorry, Aubrey. No, I, I was too. Um, uh, the point is, that which is born in the flesh will never be any more than that. Flesh. That which is born of the Spirit. Now, a fleshly man can't produce anything but a fleshly man. The Spirit produces only that which is Spirit. Birth of God, born of God, a new man, a new creation. That's how the new birth is described. And you know, this was taught in the Old Testament. He said, a new heart will I give you. I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. This is what the Bible has always taught. The new man, that which is born of the spirit, is spirit. That's why every believer and only believer, you still have the nature you were born with. It's still there. If it wasn't, you wouldn't sin anymore. But you have a new nature, a holy nature. A nature that the scripture says does not commit sin. 1 John chapter 3, verse 9. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit does not beget anything but that which is like himself. Partakers, the scripture says, of the divine nature. Now that which is born of the flesh will never be anything but that. That which is born of the Spirit will never be anything but that. Now let's go on reading verse 7. The Lord says, Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. Don't be surprised by this. This is what the Old Testament Scripture teaches. This is the way it's always been. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Now look at the illustration he gives, verse 8. The wind blows where it wills. That's what that word listeth means. The wind blows where it wants to blow. Now can anybody say, wind, go that way. Will it obey you? No. It goes where it wants to go. You don't have any control over the wind, do you? You can't make it do what you want. It goes where it wills. And the scripture says he holds the winds in his fist. He has absolute control of the wind. But the wind blows where it wills. Even so... The wind blows where it wills. You hear the sound thereof. You can't tell whence it cometh and whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Birthed of the Spirit. Now this is talking about the sovereignty of God the Holy Spirit in giving life. He gives life to whom he will. God gives life to whom he will. The Father quickens whom he will. The Son quickens whom he will. The Spirit quickens whom he will. And the Father's will, the Son's will, and the Spirit's will is one will. The Lord said, it's the Spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. You, your flesh doesn't have anything to do with this. This is a spiritual work of God. You have no control. 
Now, let me remind you of this. I want to remind myself of this. You are in the hand of a sovereign God. Sovereign Father, Sovereign Son, Sovereign Spirit. It's up to him as to whether or not you'll be saved. It's, you don't have any control in this. None. Now, that's a good thing. You know why it's a good thing? He can save you if he's pleased to save you. And if you ask for mercy, do you know there's never been anybody that he turned down that really asked for mercy? I don't care who you are. If you seek mercy at his hand, you've got it. He delights in mercy. He delights in saving by his grace. Now, if you say, it's not fair for you to not save me. Okay, he'll pass you by. But if you sue for mercy in your need of him, he'll receive you. The wind blows where it wills. You hear the sound thereof, you can't tell whence it comes or whether it goes, even so as everyone that is born of the Spirit. Now let me make these concluding remarks. Number one, regeneration, being born again, is the work of God alone. There is not cooperation between God and men. It's not God asking you if he'll, will you let me give you a new birth? Oh, thanks for the permission. Well, that, that's foolishness. It's the work of God alone. And this is what the scriptures always taught, Ezekiel 36, 27, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. A new heart will I give you. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. The new birth, regeneration, is the work of God alone. Secondly, regeneration is the work of the Holy Spirit. He's God, God the Spirit, and that's his particular office in the salvation of the sinner. God the Father elects, God the Son redeems, God the Holy Spirit gives life. There are no conditions you first need to meet in order for God to give you life. Have I done enough for me to get life? Nope. Never will. But thank God there are no conditions you must first meet for God to give you life. It's the work of the Spirit of God. Number three, being born of God Regeneration precedes saving faith. You have to be given life before you believe. You don't believe and then live. You live, then you believe. Faith is impossible for the natural man. Remember the way Paul said, by grace you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. The gift, not of works, lest any man should boast. You don't believe, and then God gives you the new birth. The only reason you believe is because God birthed you from above. Logically, 
Regeneration or being born of God precedes, precedes faith chronologically. Chronologically. They come at the exact same time. There's no uh, one second period or whatever where you have life but you don't believe. And this is, this is just what the scripture teaches. Um, when you have life, you believe. When you believe, you have life. They come at the precise same time. Logically, life's got to come first. We know that, don't we? Chronologically, they come at the precise same time. When you believe the gospel, when you rest on in Christ, when you see him as everything in your salvation, you've been birthed of God. When you're birthed of God, when you're born again, you're going to believe the gospel. Precise same time. There is no regeneration without hearing and believing the gospel. Somebody says, well, I was uh, saved when I heard a works message and then I gradually got to the point where I believed grace. No, you weren't saved then. You were not saved then. You were saved when you believe, when you hear and believe the gospel. God doesn't use error. He doesn't have to. He's God. Well, you can't find anybody to preach the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's God. He always uses the truth and begets life through the truth. There is no regeneration without hearing and believing the gospel. Listen to this scripture. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 says, We're bound to thank God always for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you unto salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. Sanctification of the spirit is the belief of the truth. Belief of the truth is the sanctification of the spirit. One last scripture. 1 John 1. Or 1 John 5. This is what we're going to close with. Have I been born of God? I hope every one of us are asking ourselves that question. We see it's, all, it's, out, it's out of my hands in the sense that I can't make it happen. You can't make it happen. I'm going to be born again. Well, it uh, doesn't work that way. We're in the hands of a sovereign God. Now, we ask him to give us birth. Lord, save me. Give me a new heart. David prayed this. He said, create in me a clean heart. The only way that can take place is the, through the creative act of God where he creates in me a clean heart. Now look in 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. Whosoever. Now, my dear friends, I've got several favorite words in the Bible. Grace, Christ. I love this word, whosoever. I'm one of them. 
I can fit myself into that demographic, can't you? I'm a whosoever. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm a whosoever. I'm calling. I shall be saved. That's the divine uh, order. Whosoever. Believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ. Now, the Christ of God. God's prophet. Now, the Christ is God's prophet, priest, and king. That's his offices. In the Old Testament, you had the prophet, the priest, and the king. They were all anointed by God for that purpose. Christ is the anointed one, the anointing. He's God's prophet. He is the word of God. Do you believe that? Do you believe he is the gospel message? God's priest. And he's not like those Old Testament priests who bring the blood of animals that represent his blood. They, they come into the Holy of Holies and they bring the blood of a dead animal. Christ is the priest who brings his own blood. Oh, what a priest. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the priest of God's appointing? The one who cannot fail? I, he cannot fail. If he represents me, if he brings his blood for me, I'm saved. He's God's king. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. Unlike other kings, every other king has borrowed power. Really no power. Um, by me, the Lord said, kings reign. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. He is the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. This king has inherent power, the power of God. He's got the power to make sure his will is always done. Now, do you believe? I'm not asking you if you believe that you're saved. This is very important. I'm asking you if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Christ. And you're relying on that. You know what? You, my dear brother or sister, have been birthed, born of God. Let's pray. Lord, I ask in Christ's name, we ask with united hearts by your grace that you would give life to dead sinners in this place that they might behold that thy son is your Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.